come stop and take a trip down on my block Where you see hidden potential, young minds sharper than Ginsu And ain't afraid to speak their mind if they got something against you We standing with you, we tackle issues like civic pride Hate will cease to exist, let's put our differences aside From my side to your side, from Dutchtown to Southside From Penrose to Northside, from Benton Park to Old North to West End to West Side We bless when we step out, we stand down, rise up, stand together, wise up this is Stitchcast Studio, produced by St. Louis Story Stitchers in St. Louis, Missouri. In this week's episode, our Stitchcast sits down with Green Gene Ponzi to have a conversation about the great outdoors. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them Story Stitchers, Story Stitchers, Story Stitchers, Story Stitchers, Story Stitchers. Hello, everybody. Under the sound of my voice, I want to thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Stitch Cast Studio. I am your host, Brandon Lewis, and I am accompanied by a few members of our Stitch Cast. So, uh, through the course of this particular live program, we've talked about a lot of violence, we talked about music, uh, we talked about sadness and youth, we talked about quite a few things. This time, we're going to we're gonna change it a little bit. This time we wanna focus on the healing qualities that nature has. That's what we wanna focus on. You know what I'm saying? How peaceful parks be. I don't know if y'all ever been to a prairie, anything like that. The only reason I ever been to a prairie was because I'm a part of Story Stitches. That being said, we got somebody special here to help us talk, uh, talk about this, to help us navigate through this. Please, everybody in the building and everybody on the stage, please put your hands together for Green Jane Ponzi. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Story Stitchers. Thank yes, you. of course. I am here because Story Stitchers touched my heart so deeply. When you were working on your Peace in the Prairie, wonderful body of work. I watched your Stitch Cast interviews and I was listening to what the individuals who were in the process at that time were saying, sitting around a, a, like a little campfire circle, sitting on like stumps, probably at Shaw Nature Reserve. And what I was hearing from urban young people was exactly what I would hope to hear being out in a place like that, that I know and love really well, which was, I felt peaceful. I felt like I belonged. I felt more alive being out of doors. Everybody should have this opportunity. It was just moving and exciting. And then I had the opportunity to meet Story Stitchers when we were, we were in the uh, social entertainment for the Midwest Climate Collaborative. And you all have been, Brandon, you and Blue have been a guest on my Earthworms podcast yes, for yes. KDHX. And so here we are again. So to get to talk about nature with this extraordinary circle of talented young humans is so meaningful to me. Thank you. Yes, of course. Thank you for being here. Thank mm -hmm. you for being here. Um, for people that don't have the chance to experience what a prairie feels like, what park would you say is the closest to the experience of a prairie? You know, Forest Park is really like, it's, it's nature-y, but it's also like, there are a lot of big buildings and all of that, yeah. you know what I'm yeah. things that you wouldn't particularly find in a prairie. So in your opinion, what park mo is most closely to a prairie? Oh, whoa, what park? Well, there's there's some of that kind of nature-rich space, I would call it that, in O'Fallon Park. Um, Tower Grove has some, but yeah. Tower Grove also has a lot of, op you know, the lovely, charming yeah. little buildings yeah. and pavilions. Yeah. It's, structures it's and one of those parks I feel like New York 
like you're in Central Park. It's like I'm in the park, but I also see all these buildings around. So I'm yeah. in the park. But Which I think not about that Forest Park. From a, I'm you in know, the park. The park. <laughs> Talking about Tower Grove. And you know, every parks have their places. Like a playing field and a prairie are two useful features, two wonderful features of a park. I'd like to see more nature rich spaces in our city parks and in our county parks where you feel comfortable being in the woods, listening to that and hearing it and feeling the energy of the trees. Or it might be the big open space of a prairie where flowers are blooming and the breeze is blowing and insects are buzzing all around you and you know they're not after you, they're after the nectar and the flowers and you just get to be there and be a part of all that. Part of what I hope to do in the, you know, the latter part of my career, my vocation is prompt development of more of those kind of spaces and more people embracing cultivating those kind of spaces so they are available for people who live in the city and can't get out to a place like Shaw Nature Reserve or the other prairies story stitchers visited definitely definitely hmm. why like like I don't I don't <sighs> roaches Roaches. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we need those? Yeah. Why, like, what role do they play in? They clean roach? up a lot of crap we leave on the ground. Word. Yeah, we gotta think <laughs> like, about this. About Word. Everything. Yeah, I mean, every bug roaches. has its job. Yeah. Let's be and, real. Let's be know, honest. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Every, bo- every they, bug they, has its job. Okay, so hi- hypothetically, if we were to become amazing at not littering and picking trash yeah. up, what else would we need them for? They're part of the food chain. Yeah. Somebody eats them. Think Everybody about, eats somebody. Think about this, bro. When we're gone, some of us as buried, we become worm food and dirt food. And you got to about all the bugs that eat all the food, nutrients in the soil, like ants and stuff. And ants get eaten by other animals and flies. And flies get eaten by spiders. And spiders get eaten by frogs. And frogs get You feel what I'm saying? It's, yeah. a, it's a big chain of things. So That's why I, pre- I gotta appreciate bugs. I try not to <laughs> kill bugs no more. I just try to Thank be like, you. <laughs> to get out yeah, of my really. house. I feel that I saved a bee a couple of days ago. You saved a bee. I did, I, but I it was about to drown. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead, uh, I was just gonna say that I noticed that when she was talking about being out in the prairie and stuff and hearing the insects, but knowing that they're not coming for you, they're going for the nectar. Mm-hmm. See, this is. Uh, I would like to believe that this podcast can be pretty informational. Mm-hmm. Some people don't know that. A right. lot of people think that the insects are coming for them. Oh, yeah. So I was happy that you said that because, and I'm also one of them believers. I don't, I'm going to be honest with y'all, I don't mess with bees. Like, I've been told oh. if you don't bother bees, they won't bother you. But I've known <laughs> plenty of people to be stung, minding their business. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, yeah. I like to get out. They wait. Some I'm, bees I'm more running. aggressive than others. The last thing a bee wants to do is sting you because Honestly. when a bee stings, what they happens? Die. Oh, yeah, they, they die. die. A lot like, of people don't That is like, their last yes. act. I'm like, so but I'm people get, get you. bees and wasps confused. Mm-hmm. Everybody doesn't differentiate between the wasps can sting again and again. And wasps mm-hmm. will get really aggressive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was so just knowing aggressive. what kind of bug you have and knowing what their habits are is very much like knowing who the people are in your environment and what their habits are. So if somebody's aggressive or somebody, you know, is like really, really quiet and you think they don't like you because they never react to you, then you have an understanding of who and what that is. And one of the things that I really care a lot about is introducing people to the natural world 
so that you can feel more comfortable in it. Mm -hmm. Really, a lot of people are creeped out or scared by or not real well informed by all that kind of stuff. And I am not like super nature girl. I did not grow up being out of doors doing all the la 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 things. I used to walk around <laughs> in the woods and fields outside my home in Wisconsin and not touch anything because I was nope. a total princess, yep. but have conversations with my imaginary friends. And yet I was out there in out of doors in nature and i know that had a big effect on me it has an effect a healing effect on anybody anywhere especially if you can be in that kind of space and not feel afraid of anything else feel like you're in a safe space in the out of doors and i know that's tough for a lot of people who are involved with story stitchers or who are fans of story stitchers yes. it's a really hard conundrum hey what's going on everybody you know what time it is time for another stitch cast studio arts interlude that's right it's time to pick the city up this week we have a story stitches original song entitled to the prairie yeah 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 where we going to straight to the prairie that's a long way out there Purple, yellow, blue, so many colors in this habitat Even though I'm city slick, I'm not afraid to travel back Way out to the countryside, hit that native grassland Tranquil in the sunny meadows, we thought we was advanced Ain't no sounds of ambulance, sirens or the boys in blue Tonight devoid of gunshots, but nature makes some noises too The moist dew saturates the green pastures Which flows like the motion of the waves in the ocean To master this environment, acquiring and managing Restore it to its original state that it was planted in So if the planet ends, at least you saw its majesty Put your phone on airplane mode and we'll be right back after this Messages, reception is a barrier, connect for real The wilderness is therapy, escapism that let you chill Historic regions where the wildflower stretches Warm season, grass species, territory so precious Let's take a ride, hop in the car, take a drive To the prairie, where the grass always green on the other side Traffic and streetlights, it's like we in the Milky Way without passing that peace pipe. Coyotes and coyotes, prairie dogs and buffalo. Educate and investigate, cause it's all depends on what you know. So cultivate and we procreate, we indigenous to the stony state. We authenticate, but we demonstrate, and it's just one rule. Don't be fake, this rich soil substrate is glaciated like Ice Age. I think I need to get away from my hood where I stay. We protect that wildlife, the game is restoration. Trees is only 10%. They keep them fires blazing Domestic tranquility Let's medicate and we feel the breeze Burn the trees and we hunt with ease Without maple soaks and hickories Native Americans settle the land And the prairies are evidence of a the fact Nothing is stressful as life in the city Get up on the highway cause I'm going past Let's take a ride Hop in the car, take a drive To the prairie Where the grass always green on the other side At the prairie Let's go Come on, let's go Let's go Come on, let's go Let's go Come on, let's go Let's go, on, let's go. On, let's go. On, let's go. On the 
attention, let's venture through green pastures. Solidarity, nothing but smiles and laughter. Let's go, come on, let's go, let's go, come on, let's go, let's go, come on, let's go, let's go. So, for those who are like really scared of nature, like even scared of worms, like I don't, I won't <laughs> do flies, I don't do bugs. How could I like shift into being comfortable with nature? Like I've never been comfortable ever. I, you know, being in a place that feels beautiful and welcoming to you, whether that's in a park or the Missouri Botanical Garden, or in a, in a place where you're with a group of friends. So first of all, you feel like you're in a comfortable space. And then you don't really have to touch anything or you know physically interact with it. Just being there, breathing, and feeling in your skin and feeling in your senses what it's like to be in a place where nature is really rich. Be around a tree. Trees are some of the best friends I think human beings can have because they mm. have such a life force. They're absolutely not gonna come and get you. They're rooted there. They're made of wood. Oh yeah, trees are probably the the biggest thing on this planet, have the biggest, highest vibrational frequency. Go hug you a tree. Are you speaking from experience? Yes, I am. If you go hug you Dope. a tree for 30 minutes a day for like a week, See how many people at the end that we want to hang out with you all of a sudden. Just are you because talking about like metaphorically you. hugging a tree or literally, no, he literally, literally hugging, hugging a tree? A tree. Yeah. I'm not even yeah. not metaphorically. I'm talking about literally go outside and hug a tree. Like trees give off this strong vibrational frequency that can make anybody happy. So if you go out and hug a tree like for a week, by the end of that week, you're going to have new friends, people want to learn who you are, people who probably don't even want to talk to you. It's certain like like it's certain energies that you pick up off of certain things. That's why it's like most trees don't have like a negative energy on it because people don't look at a tree and be like, oh yeah, this tree yeah, sucks. Mm, no, how you feel the, only, about, the only time uh, you feel like that is when you, like you have see you seen a dying tree. Yeah, like you see a dying tree, you kind of feel bad for it. Okay, it, you kind of okay. feel, you know, you kind of feel something. I ain't type never looked at it. a dying tree and was like, ugh. If you also look like, like a, a huge dying tree, like a, a gigantic yeah. tree that's well, we dying, to it, Reserve. Oh, you yeah, even yeah, feel yeah. some type of way about this. You just yeah. like, this is a lot of energy in this. I've this seen is being a video of for trees it. falling yeah. in a landslide, and it kind of made me upset. I was like, dang. Yeah, you gotta understand that. You gotta understand. You see all that? Like when you see trees fall, it kind of make you upset. Just a little bit you like Okay, so, that's some paper, but you just like you just kill the tree. You just kill the whole plant, bro. Felt. So in my experience, I ain't ever I'm not even gonna act like I didn't ever hug the tree for 30 minutes. <laughs> what but about like sit under one, my, meditate no, near one? Yeah, that's what I was gonna yeah. say. Like in my experience, yeah. just being in the presence of trees, which are like trees don't exist by themselves you know what i'm saying well if you're in the presence of trees then you're in the presence of a lot of different elements in nature and just kind of being in the presence has a soothing existed way longer than you have so if there was a um, some kind of living being in nature that you'd like to have a relationship with what would it be a snake really so people are so phobic about snakes why Cause they can eat a whole person. What? Like without so, chewing, like a whole person. Like to see a, a human birth a child 
and to see a snake eat a person, they that's can like eat even different larger cycles mirror. of life. Yeah. It's they like can eat like a whole lion yeah. tiger like, if they get their hands oh, on it. That's really brave. Seeing that some, like, seeing birth is different. Now, I would like seeing pet some death snake, like that is like, like I wouldn't crazy. have a pet snake, but there you go. At the you know the zoo, I like going to look at the snakes. I'm not gonna lie. I want their mouth to open wide so I can see how. It's crazy. It's I just say, watch snakes. a I, watching a feeding a snake is crazy. That's all I gotta say. Feeding a snake is crazy. Spiders <laughs> freak me out because but I'm saying, a spider could up, do more. A spider no. can't do as much damage to you as the yes, other animals cares. that you because, like. Because growing up, up, it was a black alive. spider in the corner, and you know how when as a kid you could flick the light on and off, and your eyes kind of. Uh-huh. I thought uh-huh. I saw like three on the wall. And I kind of went crazy. So from then, I'm not dealing with no spider. <laughs> so hypothetically, if there was three snakes up there, you wouldn't mess with snakes. If you saw snakes and said well, spiders, see, I, I yeah, just probably. He's done out the room. You I know like So look up some of the folk stories about about spiders. In Africa, spider is a Nazi Ooh, yeah. in, very, in different African cultures. A and Nazi. in North America, in the indigenous cultures, it's grandmother spider. Mm-hmm. And spider sometimes is a trickster, but spider also really can be so wise and can mobilize the other animals, the other animal people, to work together. And that might give you some more insight into spider nature. Spiders would probably rather avoid you than anything else. Yeah, I was just about to I, say I, that. I'm red about that. that. That actually brings a question to mind. So most species kind of have like this innate sense of self-preservation mm-hmm. fight or flight yeah fight the, or flight but animals. like with the black widow situation i mean i was told Ankle. that black widows eat the meal after they <laughs> perceive the baby yeah and and pretty praying mantises the females mate with the males and then they bite their heads off that's yep. why yeah. so, that's why I, so, well, so like, you have to stuff like eyes. that in the natural world and you have to know like, like, if you're a spider, you have to know that after I give her this baby, she's going to eat me. You have to know that. I would think so, but I've never been a male spider, yeah. so I just so, can't so say. Male spiders you. have that, I'm going to protect my children instinct. And so Why do female human? spiders, and they're just like, I got to protect my Why? children. Why are humans? Especially from people like you. Okay. Why are humans so different than spiders? Buddhists will tell you that comparison is a disease of the mind, so I can't compare human characteristics, which are so diverse, and some of them are so totally whacked out with anybody else in the natural world. Yeah, I think about humans, beings in in general. Human beings are, we can do every, like, mod things that other species will never be able to do. Same, like, think about it. You got parrots. Parrots can speak, but parrots can only repeat what you say. Parrots can't actually talk to you and have a conversation unless they hear what you're saying so much, so much that they repeat it. If you're not, you know, you could be like, hi, parrot, and the parrot could just look at you. And you keep saying, hi, parrot, and one day the parrot look at you and say, hi, parrot. But that's <laughs> what you taught it. Same thing with a dog. You teach a dog to sit down, but, you know... You can just like the same person. Like you can see a kid for the first time. Hi, hi, how you doing? Go ahead, and have a seat, and that kid have a seat. Cause he's Felt. like, okay, I know how to have a seat already. Felt. I know Felt. I already know how to do this. I may not know this person, but I know how to do it because I understand what he's just saying. I think you're talking about learning there, and we may not be the best species for learning, even though we have this massive intelligence, because <laughs> we think we know it all. Oh, we definitely. And we don't. are just, you know, in a lot of corners of 
science and a lot of corners of art and design today, there are people who are asking questions about nature and asking questions from nature. One of my favorite things is a whole field called biomimicry, meaning mimicking biology, mimicking the natural mm -hmm. world. And that mm. is, it was started by a woman who's a science writer named Janine Benyus, who's a brilliant writer and who didn't talk at all until she was four. But she was wandering around in nature, and her parents were worried about her. They took her to doctors, but she was happy. So they decided to leave her alone. And this individual came out of that early childhood and started asking some of the most remarkable questions about how nature does things, like how does nature pump? How does nature filter? How does nature change pigment without using a lot of toxic chemicals and producing a lot of toxic waste? And that whole field of biomimicry, which is super fun to read about and has a lot of really good videos online and an amazing whole youth innovator program that is changing the way the fields of design and engineering look at things, especially as we have to deal with climate change and species extinction of biodiversity and blah, 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 plastic pollution. How can we change how we do what we do without having to do what Janine calls heat, beat, and treat? That's our industrial processes. Whereas nature goes through processes that transform one thing to another, without generating waste that no you know there is waste but there's waste that somebody can eat or live in or whatever that's the zero waste rule in nature biomimicry check it out and you're talking about a, another element another avenue if you will of bioengineering like uh, uh, genetically modified organisms, yep. where science takes GMO. a gene out of one organism, Perfect. like a fish, and puts it into another organism, like a tomato, and changes the way that tomato grows or has pest resistance. And there's a lot of controversy about that because, you know, those technologies often got rushed to market before anybody knew what was going to happen. Were they going to escape? Were they going to be a problem? Now we have super, super pests that can resist. The, the pesticides that are bred into seeds where we have herbicide-resistant crops and weeds everywhere and more chemicals, and it just kind of becomes this big snowball. Mm. Another aspect of how human beings choose to look at things and do things, some of it is really creative and some of it is not really cognizant of what the outcome is going to be. There's a question, a person with a question. Yeah. She's never had a question. <laughs> Hello, live bait. <laughs> so I was wondering, Jean, if you could share with us, this is called The Great Outdoors. What are three of your favorite outdoor spaces in the state of Missouri? And what is your very favorite outdoor space in this country? So the first mm. one I have to give a shout out to is the Missouri Botanical Garden, yes. where I work. After my family of origin, the garden is the longest relationship of my life. And when I moved to St. Louis in 1974, when I was like 20 years old, I was a total Barbie doll, I would go to the garden and get there like late in the afternoon, you know, and waltz around and hug the trees and dance around. And as a really young woman, I wouldn't have done that in public parks or public places because I would not want somebody to hit on me. And at the garden, I could go in and do that without fear of you know, or any kind of hesitation because you had to pay $3 to get in. So it was kind of a safe space. And that has been the source of my career and my vocation. And it's a place that 
St. Louis City and County residents can go to for free any Wednesday or Saturday morning before noon, up until noon. It'd be really great to host a group of story stitchers at the garden to mm -hmm. explore some of those places. <sighs> I guess I went one time to Elephant Rocks which is kind of on the upper limit of the Ozarks. I went with my husband, Dale, and this was not very long ago. I'd never been there when I was a kid because I didn't grow up here. I grew up in Wisconsin. Giant, giant granite boulders. That's why they're called elephant rocks. Mm -hmm. And they're just there, and they're like all over the ground, and lichen and moss is growing on the rocks. And nearby are these granite quarries that were quarried to build some of the big civic buildings, blah, 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 in St. Louis. That was a really magical place because the geology of it and the topography of it were so remarkable. And then where I live in the city, we have turned our place into a forest. It's so shady there that when I cut my grass on that first or that, that day in May, remember that Sunday in May when it was 93 degrees and it broke a heat record? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I heard of That was the first time I cut the grass this year. And I'm out there in our yard cutting the grass. I had no idea it was 93 degrees and we broke a heat record because it was so <laughs> shady. It must have been 20 degrees cooler. And we have a lot of native species of plants and trees there that we put in. Not as many insects as I wish we had, not as many birds as I wish we had, but I hope you grow it, they will come. And yeah, it's like my personal sanctuary as opposed to a public place that other people could share. But I'm a person who really gets my energy. I'm very extroverted from being out in a crowd and from being out with people. And so to have come to a place in my life where my own home, my own place, is one of the most opening and nurturing and uplifting places is a big change for me. Mm -hmm. And that experience on that 93 degree day, that really made me want to work more with trees in our community so that like on the prairie, everybody ought to get to be there. Everybody ought to get to be able to be out in their yard on a hot day and be cooler than we are in our buildings and have our neighborhoods be like that so that we don't cook with climate change. <laughs> but that, cha that takes a lot of changes and it takes shifts and the organization Forest Relief of Missouri is working on that. That would be a wonderful organization for story stitchers to have a relationship with, to bring your art and your technology into their work, bringing trees into the lives of people in and around the city of St. Louis and all over the state of Missouri. They're working on developing a second tree nursery. They grow trees out at Crevecore Lake Park and, and it's a great field trip. And they're working on building another one next to the Scott Joplin Historic Site, mm. just east of Jefferson on, on uh, Del Mar, adjacent mm -hmm. to Del Mar. So that will bring more trees and more tree connection and knowledge into the city. And part of what's important about that is some people don't want to have trees on their property because if a tree falls, if that tree dies, you could have a $3,000 bill to get rid of that tree or, you know, tree is not healthy and it falls on your car or it falls on your neighbor's house or it falls on you. Mm -hmm. Those are real hazards when you put big things in and around human environments, but how to care for the trees so that they become allies and they become good neighbors in your neighborhood, that's something that Forest Relief works on really a lot. Trees are bugs because bigger than bugs, you know, I love plants, I love bugs. 
bigger than bugs, their bodies gross me out when they die and I can't handle it. Shade, oh my God, shade is so good. And it's like just right there above you. You don't have to do anything. The breeze is more active under trees. And a little fact of knowledge I like to drop is a lot of people don't know this, but trees make a lot of the oxygen that yes. we breathe. So we need to really start saving these plants because it's not just trees, but trees are you know the most leafiest plant out there so they have the most ability to create the most oxygen so yeah we need to start saving these plants especially trees because without them we go start suffocating or as uh miss jeans said cook cook do, do the trees like breathe in carbon dioxide yeah they they take uh, animals carbon dioxide you know we're animals everybody um. in the animal kingdom this is like one of the most wonderful relationships it's a love affair between the two groups of life forms, the plants and the animals. Do this with me. Now what? <sighs> Thank you. And then what? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So we need what to breathe to live? Oxygen. Yes. And what are we breathing out when we exhale? Carbon, Carbon, Carbon dioxide. dioxide. Who produces oxygen? Trees. trees all the plants all, the entire plants. plant kingdom and they are producing it as their waste product of using sunlight and sugar to produce oxygen and then they give that out and they take in our carbon dioxide which is what we exhale yeah, that's what i was about to say so it's like a circle it's a mm -hmm. total in cycles we trust man. that's all nature is just a bunch of cycles everything giving back to itself like when you die your nutrients get put back into the earth the more the oxygen is. that we have, also, the uh, stronger I think our ozone layer is. So back to breathing and back to that exchange between plants and animals. The two great kingdoms of the world, right, in terms of how <laughs> science classifies it. I see that as one of the great examples of how nature gives us the opportunity for generosity and reciprocity and exchange. And that doesn't mean that we're not, you know, I'm not going to eat a chicken or I'm not going to eat a whole head of lettuce at one time. And it doesn't mean that somebody else might not come up and bite or eat me. There is that in mm -hmm. nature. But that example of how to be and how to appreciate the beingness and the gifts and the challenges of others. I would not go out and shrimp, swim in shark infested waters, but I really respect sharks and I really dig sharks. There's an example there in nature for how human beings can be with one another and the way in which we plunder and we pollute and we put our toxics out and we pillage and rape nature, blah, blah, blah. It's the same really harmful quality in us that makes us want to shoot one another and that makes us want to hate one another. It's that seeing as other or as less than. Like what I saw with the Story Stitchers in that circle in the Peace on the Prairie podcast, feeling how those individuals, those young men and women felt being in that place, feeling safe and feeling welcome and feeling uplifted can give us the energy, can give us the the nourishment, I don't want to use the word ammunition because that's like what you're not, what you're working to change. <laughs> so the picking fuel. words really makes a lot of difference. It can give us the, fuel. the juice the fuel, yeah, to be the... healers and to be appreciators and to be askers of questions rather than makers of judgment. Mm -hmm. 
And we need that because the, the same way that human beings destroy nature, it comes out of the same twisted thing in us that makes us want to destroy one another or some groups of us or that we even turn inside on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Our innate goodness, our innate ability to ask questions and to love and to grow beyond challenges. I really believe, and there's a lot of good scientific evidence backing this up, that connections to nature can help human beings develop that capacity to be well and to be whole and to be appreciators of one another and not whackers of one another. It's not the be all and end all, but it's something. Nature, vitamin N. I like water with that, please. That sounded like the perfect closing remark, but before we close out, I want to ask if there's anything else you would like people that aren't nearly as familiar with nature to know, are there any parting words that you want to say? Any is, 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 there, is there a summary of something that you feel like people really need to know about nature? What does she say? We need nature. We are part of nature. We are part of the entire biological world. We are biological. We are not robots. We are not string. You know, we're not bricks. And nature is not an option for us. It's necessary. It's mandatory. Nature would probably be okay without us. I I wore one of my favorite shirts tonight. This is one of my (laughs) dress-up shirts. Dinosaurs. They're coming at you on the front, and they're leaving you on the back. And... First of all, I think it's really cool. <laughs> but also because it reminds me that we are the ones, that our species is the one that is at risk most from our destructive habits. And we also are the solution in the problem. We can mm-hmm. be the solution in the problem. So, you know, nature isn't this, it isn't the answer for everything, but it's a really, really big part of how any one of us can be more who we are, whole and creative and lively and forgiving and resilient. Mm -hmm. And I learned that in the pandemic, the very beginning of the pandemic, you know, we all had to stay home and couldn't go out and everything. And I was really fortunate because in my shady place, we, we built a little porch on the back of our house and stepped right out into the arms of this magnolia tree. It's not even a native species. But in the spring, that was in March and April, she is the queen of trees. She turns pink. And it is so extravagant and marvelous. And... I would step out on this little porch and, you know, everybody was worried and terrified and uncertain and stuck at home. And I'd stand out there and I'd feel different. You had your peace. And I was like us out of doors. It was mm-hmm. as simple as that. And I'd been running around in my job for years telling people, oh, nature, you should go to nature. Nature's <laughs> really good for you. And I would do that in a building. And then I'd leave that building and I'd run across the parking lot to my car and I'd drive to another building and I'd tell more people, you should go to nature. Nature's nature's really good for you. <laughs> and I'm standing out there all by myself in the arms of the queen of trees going, wow, this nature stuff really works. <laughs> so personal experience. And when I'm, when I'm really stressed, when I'm really crabby, when I'm really worried, step out of doors in a place that is... a safe place for you. And I know that's not possible for everybody in this audience. I know that. 
If there's a safe place that you can go to that is out of doors, make that and guard it and share it with your loved ones and let that nurture you. I hope that for everyone who is listening to this, and we'll be working for it in the, la in the time I have left here before somebody digs a hole, tosses me in, and throws in worms. <laughs> End of story. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, beautiful, Story beautiful. Stitchers. Thank you beautiful. so much. Thank you. Thank you. And for everybody under the sound of my voice, I want to thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Stitchcast Studio. I've been your host, Brandon Lewis. We hope that you found this insightful, that you've learned something that you maybe didn't know before you started listening. Um, if you're in between the ages of 16 and 24 and wondering how you can join our Stitchcast family, how you can become a part of Story Stitcher, if you just want to know where we're going to be next, you know, where, where we're performing next, when our play's coming out. If you want to know these things, you can definitely go to storystitches.org, where we absolutely encourage you to. And also, if you want to apply, uh, there's an application there as well. Thank you all so much for listening, and we out. Yeah. Stitchcast Studio Live is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts on the web at arts.gov. Story Stitchers is supported in part by the Lewis Prize for Music 2021 Accelerator Award. The mission of the Lewis Prize is to partner with leaders who create positive change by investing in young people through music. Additional support for Stitchcast Studio and Story Stitchers programs is provided by the Spirit of St. Louis Women's Fund, City of St. Louis Youth at Risk Crime Prevention Grant of 2023, Trio Foundation, Deaconess Foundation, and the Arts and Education Council. St. Louis Story Stitchers and the Center is supported in part by Kranzberg Arts Foundation as a resident organization. Thank you for listening. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them story stitches. Story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches.